0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the State of State Schools podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, Christian author, former homeschooler, and former public school teacher. Once a week, I'll give a quick recap of the most important headlines in education and pull back the curtain on what's really happening in our kids' schools. If you're a teacher, parent, or homeschool family, this podcast is for you. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 28. We have five headlines to get to, all coming from the week of June 26th. But before we get to those headlines, I want to welcome any new listeners. Um, And I want to briefly introduce myself. My name is John Stamper. I'm a former homeschooler and a former public and private school teacher of 13 years. I'm also the author of Conflicted, Pulling Back the Curtain on Public Education. You can find that book on Amazon and on masterbooks.com backslash conflicted. Uh, I believe that my homeschooling background coupled with my teaching experiences, especially in Chicago public schools, uh, I believe that provides a unique perspective that parents and teachers would be interested in hearing. Uh, If you want to know a little bit more about me, you can go back to the introduction episode on my podcast, which you can find on Spotify and Apple podcasts also on YouTube. Uh, So welcome. And uh, here are the headlines for this week. This week, we're talking about classical education in Miami, parents in Maryland, the skyrocketing number of non-binary students, Maine being divided over education and culture, and teachers unions advising the Department of Homeland Security. That's right. Headline number one, Randy Weingarten is the head of the American Federation of Teachers, the AFT, which is the second largest teachers union in America. Second only to the NEA. Weingarten has recently been criticized, and rightly so in my opinion, for her role in pushing to keep schools closed during COVID. She claims that she tried to get schools open sooner, but her communications with the former CDC director prove otherwise. In my book, I also wrote about how Weingarten praised a news article that said parents should not have a say in what's taught in schools. Well, Randy Weingarten will now be advising the Department of Homeland Security, DHS. That's right. So you might be thinking that this seems like a strange partnership. But Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, he said that Weingarten, being on the advisory council, quote, will provide strategic and actionable recommendations to the secretary on campus safety, security, improved coordination, research priorities, hiring, and more." So you're telling me that Randy Weingarten is the person to go to for advice on campus safety and security? You know, isn't there someone with a military or law enforcement background that might be able to give better safety and security advice? So two big things that we do know about Weingarten are one, she pressured the CDC to allow schools to stay closed during COVID. And two, She thinks parents should not have a say on what's taught in the classroom. So based on those two positions, what would you expect her to say to the Department of Homeland Security? You know, what kind of quote-unquote strategic and actionable recommendations will she be making to the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, I wonder? So here's what this new partnership between Weingarten and the DHS really means. First of all, the teachers' unions will continue to lobby to create whatever education policy they want. Then, whenever parents protest or speak up at school board meetings about these policies, the teachers unions and leaders like Weingarten, they can say that parents are being terrorists like they've done before. But now that Weingarten is advising the Department of Homeland Security on campus safety and security, will the Department of Homeland Security now arrest those parents? who are being called terrorists, it's not far-fetched at all. So anything at this point would be speculation, but we should definitely consider what this person, Randy Weingarten, and the teachers' union she represents, what they've stood for, what she advocates for, and then consider the fact that the Department of Homeland Security will very likely be following her advice on school policies and procedures. So this is definitely something parents will want to consider before the fall semester. Headline number two in Maine school board elections wrapped up recently. The director of government relations for the Maine Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in that state, praised those communities and those school boards that rejected conservative candidates or those who oppose critical race theory, those who want to ban sexually inappropriate books from school. So the director stated, quote, there's been too much ink and too much press time dedicated to the places where we've seen a small number of parents who are bringing up maybe culture issues or they want to ban books. I think that was soundly rejected around the state in school board races. End quote. He went on to say that voters in Maine, quote, voted to support school board members who are best positioned to move public education forward. End quote. Move public education forward. So the director even gave an example of an incumbent superintendent who lost their position in recent elections because they wanted only the United States flag and the state of Maine's flag to fly in schools, which means that you know flags like the pride flag and the trans flag would be banned. So this is an example given by a representative of the largest teachers union in Maine. This is an example of a positive thing. This is what they consider moving forward. So moving forward means getting rid of the superintendents, the school board members who want to honor the American flag and they want to honor the state's flag. And that's it. Get rid of those people. That's called moving forward. What does, you know, quote unquote, moving forward mean? Well, it seems to mean that critical race theory and transgenderism will continue to be taught. And sexually inappropriate books will continue to be stocked in school libraries. And parents who oppose, they're left behind. That apparently is what moving forward looks like. However, I say all the time that not all schools are the same and not all schools are on board with woke curriculum. For example, the Herman Public School District in Maine elected a slew of conservative candidates who oppose teaching critical race theory and they oppose sexualizing children in public schools. So this took place in Maine, but... What does this mean for families around the country, in Indiana, Arizona, or South Dakota? Well, my opinion is that we will continue to see this kind of divide across the country. Some school districts will support critical race theory and gender ideology, and other school districts will oppose it. As passionate as you are in your beliefs, the other side is equally as passionate about theirs. Unfortunately, on these heated topics, There's not much middle ground to agree on. So the bottom line is it'll be up to parents to know the difference, as it should be. Headline number three, in New Jersey, the number of public school students who identify as non-binary has increased over 4,000% in the last three years. According to the New Jersey Department of Education, in 2020, just 16 students in the entire state identified as non-binary. Now it's 675 students. Approximately 10% of those students are elementary school students. And that's just one state. On a recent episode, I mentioned poll data that claimed up to 25% of Gen Z identifies as LGBTQ+. So let me just ask you, how do you explain this? Do you think the education system has anything to do with these numbers? What about social media or the media in general? Do they play a role? And finally, what does the Bible say about this issue of homosexuality and transgenderism? Something to think about. If you want to read an amazing book about the transgender craze, especially if you're the parent of young girls, read Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. She points out how social media and friend groups are directly related to the increase in the number of young people who say they're trans. So if you do get the book, read it all the way through because you do not want to miss the sections near the end where she discusses the experiences of people who've undergone sex change surgeries. Many of these stories are so horrifying and barbaric and heartbreaking, it's mind-blowing to think that we allow this to happen in the United States of America. Headline number four comes from Montgomery County in Maryland. You may remember that Montgomery County was in the news earlier this year because they saw a 582% increase in the number of students identifying as non-binary, similar to what we just talked about in New Jersey. The school district even announced their plans to implement more LGBTQ-inclusive materials into their English curriculum. So when some families said that they wanted to opt their children out of that LGBTQ curriculum... The school district pushed back with their policy that says families, quote, may not choose to opt out of engaging with any instructional materials other than Family Life and Human Sexuality Unit of Instruction, which is specifically permitted by Maryland law. As such, teachers will not send home letters to inform families when inclusive books are read in the future, end quote. So parents can opt their kids out of the human sexuality unit. But whenever a LGBTQ book is read in class, parents cannot opt their kids out. And they'll not even be told about it. Well, earlier this week, hundreds of Christian and Muslim parents in the community protested outside the offices of Montgomery County Public Schools. They protested for the right to control what their kids are learning in school. So on one side of the protest were parents who wanted the ability to opt their children out of the school's LGBTQ curriculum. On the other side of the protest were parents who say that if you shield a child from sensitive LGBTQ materials, then those children will not be prepared for the real world. So one parent who wanted the ability to opt out said, quote, no one thinks that our kids can turn gay by reading a book. What we're asserting is that Children are best learning about these sort of tricky, sticky subjects from their parents. And their parents should have a right to determine how their kids are first introduced to this, end quote. The school is also taking heat for allegedly holding a school board meeting that was invite only and not open to the public. And during that school board meeting, parents spoke out against the sexually inappropriate curriculum by saying, quote, introducing sexual behavior and preference at an early age raises legitimate concerns for us parents. Where's the respect? Or does inclusion and respect only apply to a specific group? End quote. So to sum things up, Montgomery County is the largest school district in the state of Maryland and perhaps the wealthiest. So while this situation may not represent every community across the country, it's a good example of what can easily happen anywhere where school boards and parents are playing a game of cultural tug-of-war and kids are the rope. (laughs) Headline number five, this is a positive one. Florida's largest school district, Miami-Dade County, is considering offering their students a classical education in the near future. It's an idea that's in the early stages, and it wouldn't take place for a year or two if agreed upon, but board members have until October to decide whether or not this would even be feasible. So the idea is that parents could opt in to a classical curriculum if they want it. So what's the difference between a classical education and a progressive education? Well, generally speaking, a classical education focuses on traditional subjects like math, science, civics, and classical literature. Progressive education, which is what most of our public schools are providing right now, Focuses more on current issues like social reform or cultural issues. So, there are examples throughout history of what happens when a country removes their traditional classical education and implements a more social, cultural, or political education. I discuss this topic in chapter eight of my book and also in episode 16 of this podcast called Dangerous Parallels. But here are just a few examples of countries that removed traditional education and implemented a progressive curriculum. So, first of all, the education system in the USSR under Vladimir Lenin, they implemented new history and focused on politics. Lenin famously uh, stated that kindergarten classes were the sprouts of communism. Similarly, the education system in Germany under Hitler focused on new history sports and racial science. Hitler stated about children, quote, if the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, then we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland. End quote. In communist China, Mao shut down schools and colleges during a cultural revolution, and while schools were shut down, he implemented an entirely new curriculum focusing on activism and politics sensing a trend here. In Cambodia, under Pol Pot, teachers were rewarded for promoting communism in the classroom. And in North Korea, teachers meet regularly with officials to discuss which political policies must be implemented in schools. So history is a great teacher. It's a great roadmap. We can learn from these education systems that emphasize politics. They emphasize social issues and cultural issues. And they all but removed core subjects like math, science, classic literature. So history shows that when you remove traditional classical education and you implement a new social political education, it's a recipe for disaster. That's why I love to hear about schools in America returning to a classical education, emphasizing the core subjects, emphasizing truth, virtue, beauty, and tradition. Now, whether that's in a public school, a private school or homeschool, I believe education in this country needs to return to classical education. And that's all I have for you this week. That's the state uh, state schools. Take care.